your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating or review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, welcome into the show. We got a couple of things that we're going to be chatting about today. Um, first and foremost, we had a... Uh, uh, John Lilly, who was the Leafs player, uh, no, he was the director of amateur scouting for the Maple Leafs. He has moved on. Uh, he is en route to New York, so I'll talk a little bit about that. But mainly, we have an interview with Chris Peters today, an NHL and draft prospect analyst for Hockey Sense on Substack. And he was at the World Junior Summer Showcase over the weekend and had a glimpse of a trio of uh, Leafs prospects who had a heck of a tournament. Our second rounder, Matthew Nyes, from this season, and both second rounders from last year, Finnish players Rony Irvinen and Topi Niemela. So we'll be joined uh, by Chris in just a moment to chat about kind of what happened at the tournament um, and uh, you know give his thoughts on the players in the Leafs prospect pool in general. But before I do, let's get to uh, let's quickly chat about this John Lilly conversation because um, he leaves the Leafs to become the Rangers director of player personnel and director of amateur scouting. So it gets a, a little bit of an added extra uh, responsibility to to go to the the New York Rangers. So they kind of poach him out of Toronto, which is unfortunate because he's actually he'd been with the scouting staff since two thousand and six. Uh, John Lilly was the the director of amateur scouting for Toronto. He was always the one who would do the press conferences after the draft and tell you all about the players that we had just um, just acquired. So like last week when I was telling you about, you know, Matthew Nyes and Ty Voigt, it was John Lilly who was, you know, really high on these players and telling me all about them and, and, and the type of talents that they are uh, and why the Leafs wanted to get those players, and uh, he moves elsewhere. So now there's a, a kind of a, a new job opening here for the Maple Leafs. A new director of amateur scouting position has opened up, and I just wonder if um, if it's possible that, uh, you know, <laughs> who's going to take over that job? It's not if it's possible, but I'm curious who's going to take over that job. Um, I would assume it would be internal. But you never know. Maybe there's someone, uh, someone from the Sioux who Dubas could bring in to to replace Lily as the director of amateur scouting. But anyways, um, speaking of you know amateur scouting and scouts and prospects, um, had the pleasure of interviewing Chris Peters today uh, for you guys on the pod. Uh, we went into the World Junior Summer Showcase event that he attended uh, last week. It was kind of a two-week event, to be honest, um, which actually started like the day after the NHL draft. It started like day two of the draft, I believe. Like a lot of prospects who were taken were like in the middle of practicing for this showcase. Kind of funny, but uh, there were a trio of Leafs players in particular that uh, really kind of turned some heads at the tournament. So I thought I'd get Chris on to talk about it. Um, so without further ado, here's Chris Peters, our NHL draft and prospect analyst for Hockey Sense on Substack. 
And now joining me to have a quick chat about the World Junior Summer Showcase is Chris Peters, NHL Draft Prospect Analyst for Hockey Sense on Substack, also the host of the Talking Hockey Sense podcast. Chris, how are you? Thank you for joining me today. Mike, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Um, so you had the pleasure of attending the showcase, which we weren't able to have a year ago due to obvious reasons. Um, how great is it just to be able to, to have these tournaments again and be able to cover these things again? Because it seems like life is somewhat getting back to normal. Yeah, you know, having that event felt like the first step towards getting a normal season in. Um, you know, just since we didn't have it last year, it's always kind of been the unofficial kickoff of the new season. Um, you know, everybody's drafted. And this year it happened to... The, the tournament began actually during the second day of the draft. So, um, so it was kind of interesting to, to have that whole thing happen, but, um, but it was cool. I mean, you know, and it, it was good to see players and I had a chance to go to the world under 18s this year, which was kind of the first thing that, that I was able to, to really do big events. And, um, and this was just kind of a continuation of that. And so, yeah, it was awesome. And then the play, the, the, the quality of play was really outstanding and it was just nice to see, you know, high-level hockey once again in person. I find this this tournament, like, really fascinating because you have some guys who uh, were drafted, you know, like, late late first round, late second round, usually within, like, the top 90 picks. You have some of those guys attending these tournaments. And I always say to myself, like, there's always a couple of guys who, like, if the draft was held afterwards – maybe like that extra viewing would have helped boost their draft stock. Were there a couple of players in this year's uh, draft in particular that you saw at the tournament where that would have been the case? Just those extra viewings of some best-on-best play uh, against their age group would have maybe had their draft stock rise a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's certainly possible. I think you got to be careful in reading into these kind of small events, especially now with this one being in the summer. And, you know, we, we had a lot of players that, played well at the beginning and really faded down the stretch because they just, you know, they either weren't in shape, their conditioning wasn't right. You know, some of those things happen because it's a summer, summer hockey event, but I mean, you know, you can't really say enough about the the work that, that Atu Ratu did in the camp. He led all players in scoring with 14 points in six games. And, you know, he was one of those guys that came into the year as a first round draft pick and slipped all the way to 52nd overall. And you wonder, you know, if the, the, the day he got drafted, like, hours after he got drafted Finland and Sweden played in the first game of the summer showcase and he had four goals <laughs> it's just like wow I've never seen it this has to be a world record for um for 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 GMs like regretting passing on the guy <laughs> but I, I I mean you know it, it really it, it you have to take into account the full body work and I mean I think you know in terms of how Ratu played last season he's he was not good last season you know he's so so below his standard and this this event kind of showed, hey, that standard still exists. Um, and so maybe if this was held earlier, maybe he would have had a chance. Maybe if he had a, you know, made the world junior team last year. Uh, but, I mean, he played – the other thing, though, is I don't know if he would have played as well as he did if he didn't play angry because I feel like he was visibly, you know, going for it in this thing. So I, I think that the motivation of slipping out of the first round and also not making Finland last year, um, he's out. he was out to prove a lot of people wrong, and I think he did. Well, that bodes well for the Islanders. I mean, they got themselves yeah. uh, uh, quite the player, I think, at 52 if it all comes together for him, right? I mean, 
he was a kid who two years out from his draft class was projected to be the number one overall pick. And then for whatever reason did not have a great draft year and fell into the middle of the second round and then absolutely took over this tournament. So, um, you know, like you said, he's, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder now and hopefully, you know, that bodes well for the Islanders as, as they're hoping that he turns into the player that he was once projected to be as am I. Cause I took him in, uh, in a fantasy uh, dynasty league in my rookie draft. I scooped him up early uh, in the second round. So I'm also hoping that, uh, that he pans out. And I scooped him up after I heard that he was just tearing it up at this tournament. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, if, if he's back and, like, if this is him, you know, kind of playing with a chip on his shoulders, he got something to prove, I'm thinking maybe this could be, you know, what – like, he could get back to form that he was expected to be just, uh, you know, as little as a year ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's – it's pretty, it's pretty impressive, and and just see, you know, the, the way that he played with with some grit and some some jam, and just like, but also just incredible skill. And and he still needs to work on his skating. He still doesn't have like the best skating ability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was true of so many guys in this class. But you know, you when you see it at a, a summer showcase, you see where where the gap is, and just his ability to create some separation. I think if he can add that element just by increasing his strength in his lower half, he might might have. You know, might have a better chance to be an impact guy, but I mean, no question the hands, the hockey sense, the plays that he was making, the reads that he was making, I mean, all show that, you know, we weren't, you know, just crazy to think that he could be a top guy in this class. Um, Moving on a little bit here in conversation with Chris Peters from uh, Hockey Sense on Substack. Let's chat a little bit about, in particularly, about uh, the three Leafs forwards, or the three Leafs players, rather, that made an impact this week. Uh, Matthew Nyes, Rony Irvin, and Topi Niemela uh, really, I think, put on a show from everything that I read that went down last week. Um, that was last year's second both of last year's second rounders in Hirvonen and Topi Niemela for the Maple Leafs, and then this year's second rounder in Matthew Nice. Um Let's start. Let's start with uh, Matthew Nice. Actually, sorry. Let's start with yeah. Matthew Nice, who was the Leafs' second round pick this year. Uh, had seven points in the tournament for Team USA, and apparently led the tournament in shots as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you saw in his game, and uh, you know what you liked about it. Yeah, well, he's a guy that I really like coming into this season. I, I had him projected early on as a as a potential fringe first rounder coming into the season based on what I saw last year at the USHL level. And, you know, to, to, he didn't have a great start to the year. He was a little inconsistent. And then all of a sudden he started really coming on strong. And what I've always liked about him is obviously he's got a big six foot three frame, 200 pounds, has power potential. But, you know, one of the things I think has been overlooked is just how good of a scorer he can be. And we had 17 goals in the USHL last season, which isn't like a, an incredible number for a top prospect, but he, he did have, you know, nearly a point per game. And what he showed at this event was that he does have that power game that he can score from distance. He's got a tremendous shot, really great release on a shot. Um, it's heavy, it's accurate. Um, it, it's threatening at all times. But the other thing that I think he really showed was just really good soft touch skills where, where he could make plays from in tight because his hands were quick enough and he could make plays under duress because you know he had he had that quickness in his in his hand skills so to be a big guy like him and have hands as quick as his that's really um a huge benefit and then also he was just so good down low you know winning board battles 
winning plays at the net front, creating, you know, creating a net front presence. I thought that was pretty impressive. So um, he, he looked even better than he did at stages of last season. Cause really, as I mentioned, he had a tough start to the year was really slow in terms of production. And then after that, he was like a point over a point per game, well over a point per game for the rest of the season and really started coming on strong. So, you know, I think that his skating looked good. His shot looked good. His, you know, his, his just his general competitiveness looked good. So I, I think that he really handled himself well and really put him on, put himself in a position to solidify a, a, a roster spot, you know, in camp. I think the camp is a huge part of the decision process. And assuming that he, you know, just continues to play at that level at Minnesota, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be on the roster and, and play a pretty substantial role uh, based on what we saw in camp. Yeah, I saw coach uh, Nate Lehman called him one of the surprises of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you're somebody who who followed these prospects kind of throughout their, their young careers and, and through draft season. You know, you kind of talked a little bit about how much he's improved it kind of through the season, but like how much did his game take that leap here in the showcase in comparison to like some other viewings that you may have seen of him? Well, I think it's always easier to see when you're, when you're going head to head against other top players and you're playing with top players. I think that one of the things that he really showed in this is that when you put good players around him, it makes him better. Um, and I think we saw that a bit with tri city when he played more with Carter Mazur, who was a, a, a a guy that was a re-entry to last year's draft and ended up going um, in the third round to the Red Wings in this draft. Um, you know, those two guys really seem to feed off each other very well. And so having good players around you really helps. And, and, and Nice showed that he can also handle when he's got good competition. So, you know, he really challenged the defenders. He, he it was all about strength and skill and just really all sorts of, um, all sorts of really strong plays that, you know, just using his frame well. So uh, I think that he did take a step, you know, in terms – he had four goals in the camp, three assists, um, you know, just was in – he was involved in so many things. And I think the reason he was a, a surprise is, you know, the jump from the USHL to the World Junior Summer Showcase or the World Juniors, which is a pretty – pretty incredible pace is, is significant. It's not a small thing, but I think a lot of the USHL guys that were on USHL teams last year really performed well, but I don't think anybody really had that, that huge pop like Nyes did. So that's probably one of the things that made him a little bit more surprising is that it wasn't just that he played well, it was that he played so much better than so many of his peers that were in the same league last year. So that, that's, that's a key factor in his, you know, why we're so glowingly reviewing his, his summer showcase. And that's, uh, trust me, Leafs fans are, are excited about this kid. And, you know, I, I did a whole bunch of scouring, looked up some clips and stuff when he got drafted. And, you know, Kyle Dubas even said to uh, said about him after being drafted, he, he came out and he said, look, I saw a couple of games. They happen to be playoff games, but he really, really played extremely well in those ones. And he started to pick it up late in the year. And it sounds like he picked up right where he left off in the playoffs into the summer showcase. And something has just clicked in, in Matthew Nyes. And, and, you know, he seems to be uh, a future threat uh, to – to uh, NHL goaltenders. Let's kind of flip to another player here that was a threat to a lot of goaltenders here at the World Junior Summer Showcase, and that's Finnish forward Roni Yervinen. Led the entire tournament in goals with eight. 
Um, I believe he had 10 total points throughout the tournament. Uh, bunch of goals on the power play. Tell me a little bit about uh, Hirvonen's tournament. Yeah, I mean, his he, he was off the score sheet in two games, and then all the other games he had multiple points in. So you know, he was the second leading scorer, top goal scorer um, with eight goals, 10 points overall. Um, and, you know, he played primarily with Ratu, who, who was the tournament's leading scorer. So those two guys really seemed to fed, feed off each other. Things I liked about Hirvonen in this, in this event particularly was, you know, the pace that he was playing with, the tenacity that he was playing with. He's not a big guy. So, you know, he's got to be a little bit quicker. He's got to be a little bit um, grittier just to make sure that he's contributing. But I think what, what we saw as well is, you know, he can score from distance. He can score from in tight. He's got quick hands. Um, the release is outstanding. I mean, he scored a couple goals that, you know, just were no doubters because of how hard he shot the puck and, and, and how quickly it got off his stick. And that was, that was eye-opening for me. You know, I've always viewed him as a high-end offensive player. Um, but I thought that he has taken it up a notch in, in his whole, you know, just in terms of his development and where he's at right now. He took on essentially a leadership role. He, w- he was the captain of the team in this event um, and, you know, was basically out there a ton and, and making plays and making things happen. And, you know, he had a really good season in Liga last year. Um, I think he probably – I think the expectation was that he would, would score even more. But then, you know, he had a good World Juniors as well. So, you know, you take that take that experience and you bring it to something like this and, you know, you, it really take, you're able to really take off. So, you know, I think that his goal scoring was, was special um, in this event and that, you know, the numbers did not lie based on how he played. I thought he played – I thought he was one of the best overall players in camp and then, you know, just clearly made an impact on every game he played. Yeah, that's an, another really encouraging sign for for Leaf fans who consistently say that uh, the prospect pool is 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 dead. It's completely empty. The cupboard is barren. <laughs> but uh, that that's just simply not true. The the Leafs' last couple of drafts have found some nice players here in the second round. I mean, uh, Nick Robertson was a, a solid yep. second round pick they picked up a few years back. Roni Hirvinen, another one of those guys, uh, and Topi Niemela, a player we'll talk about in a moment, was also selected in the second round last year. Then obviously Matthew Nice, their first uh, first pick of the draft this year, but was also in the second round. When it comes to Hirvinen, one of the things that I think a lot of people are concerned about is that size. You mentioned that he's mm-hmm. a little bit undersized. Was that a, a factor at all in this tournament, or? Do you think that'll be a little bit of a, a thing that he's going to have to overcome jumping into the next level? Or do you think that he plays uh, a little bit bigger than his size indicates and that his size uh, shouldn't hinder him from being a successful NHLer? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's always tough to judge the size factor in a U20 event because even though they are the best U20 players and a lot of them are big, um, you know, they're still not fully physically developed yet and still sure. don't have the the experience level. So you know, you kind of defer to how he's played more in Liga this in the last year, and any any these at times he's had issues with you know making a making an impact in games just because of you know bigger, stronger, more experienced players have ways to to shut those kinds of guys down. I think in Hirvonen's case, um, the the biggest thing that I noticed was just I I feel like he's gotten quicker. I feel like he's making plays quicker. He doesn't have a, a, a much panic in his game. He's able to hold on to pucks and, and make plays. So that's a very good sign. 
Um, the quickness is a good sign as well. The ability to escape pressure, to move away from, you know, physical contact and without, without outright, you know, shying away from it, you're just trying to make plays. And I think that he did that. Um, he also has a really good sense of time and space, which I think is one of the real, like, it's something that I've honed in on a lot more about, especially when it comes to smaller players. And I, and I think, you know, you look at guys like Alex Debrinkit and, Cole Caulfield and they play very similarly and, and they have quickness, they have other things, but what they have better than many players is that they understand where to be, when to get there, how to get there, and, and also how to be deceptive in, in terms of that movement. I think that's something that Hirvinen has as well, um, which is just, you know, a high level of hockey sense and offensive sense um, just to, just to make those plays. So I think that those are the factors that can help him. I don't think he's a lock. You know, I don't think that there's a – I can say with any amount of confidence that I think he's going to be a huge impact player at the NHL level. But the more he gets into opportunities like he did at the World Junior Summer Showcase, in which I'm sure he'll get into at the World Juniors itself, is playing in a key role where he's going to be relied upon to score. And it's all about finding ways to make an impact. And so that's what I think he will do exceptionally well throughout his career. And then it'll just, the, the learning curve may be steeper once he gets to North America and the games are more, you know, they're quicker, they're more compressed. There's less room to move. But as we saw, this was an NHL sheet here and he had no, no trouble navigating that surface and making plays. So um, I do like where he's headed. In conversation with Chris Peters, NHL draft and prospect analyst for Hockey Sense on Substack, uh, let's move on to his teammate, defenseman Topi Niemela. Uh, had six points through the six games, played on the top pairing for the Finns, had some power play and penalty killing time. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, Niemela's tournament. Yeah, you know, I thought he was one of the best defensemen there, um, you know, for any team. I think that you know, for me, Jake Sanderson was far and above the best player, even above Ratu and Hirvonen, despite their points, I thought he was the best player in camp. But I think Niemela was right was right there. And, and, you know, he's a very productive defenseman at the U 20 level. He had eight points in the last world juniors played big minutes. He can give you some really great shifts at both ends of the ice. You know, he's got Liga experience. Um, and that helps a lot. I think he looks so mature. There's just, you know, he moves the puck with poise. He makes plays. He he's confident. He's decisive gets pucks through really well. He had two goals and four assists in the tournament um, or in the world junior summer showcase. And he was a plus 10, which I don't typically care about like plus minus, but the fact that, you know, I, I think Finland was a different team with him on the ice. And, and that, that was a key factor. Um, you know, I think he's got a lot of potential as, as, you know, kind of a, probably a, 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 a maybe like a four or five kind of defenseman, maybe a little bit better, you know, just because I think the size factor, he's, he's 5'11", which is fine. Like, I think there are a lot more defensemen that are coming in sub six feet in the NHL and can make plays, but he's also a right shot, you know, so that's, that's, that gives him a little bit of extra added value. But I think that the, the hockey sense on him, the ability to move pucks, the, the way he moves about the offensive zone and extends plays, very positive. Um, you know, and, and he defends well, you know, he defends well, he gets in the way he, he can be physical. He can use his stick. Well, he can retrieve pucks extremely well and get pucks up ice. So, you know, all of those things are very important, um, to, to, to being an NHL defenseman. So, you know, I thought that he had a real impressive showing. I thought he looked 
very confident and, and much more pro like. Um, so that was, that was something that I thought was quite, you know, quite notable for him is that, you know, he was making a lot of mature reads and mature plays and just never really seemed to panic. So, um, yeah, I, I like the player a lot. I liked him in his draft year. I like him even better now. Um, but I, I think that he, he really took a step this year. Yeah, he, he's one of my favorite players that I think uh, is sitting and kind of ripening here in the least prospect pool. He had a, a great junior tournament last year. I think he was defenseman of the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. And then, uh, you know, following it up with another great showcase this summer. And hopefully next year he can just take his, his game to the next level. I, I'm expecting big things out of Niemela. And, you know, you talk about his, his high hockey IQ, the way that he can break the puck out good defensively. The guy can also skate like the wind and has a very high level skating as well, which is, you know, something that I think is really important when it comes to defensemen at the next level. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I think you look at the way that the game is going and having defensemen that can skate and can get pucks out of, out of their zone quickly um, is so important. And so, you know, I think that's why, you know, if you're if you have offensive abilities but you can't skate, you know you're not you're not going to be a top guy. But if you have if you have those offensive abilities, if you have the puck moving quotient, if you have the the you know the ability to um, to move and and make plays as he does, and I think that you know aside from north south speed, he's very good laterally. He's very he he can extend plays. He's good on his edges. He's good in change direction. So all of those things factor into him being. Um, a, a difficult guy to handle if you're the opposition because it helps him defensively and it helps him offensively to be able to move as easily as he does. I just think there's a smoothness to his game, which is really the thing that, that stood out in this event. It never looked like he was breaking a sweat. And, and that, was, that was impressive to watch because the pace and the physicality of this tournament was very high. I thought the, the motions ran high. And um, you know, his ability to kind of stay above it, stay above it all and to also just be so calm and confident in, in a situation where it was difficult. Um, I was just really impressed with everything that he did here. Yeah. One of my favorite scouting terms to use about a player, polish. It seems like Namal, yeah. he's, he's got good polish. Yes, he does. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very fair. Polish yeah. and yeah, just maturity. It's yeah, that's, those are two key things and you can tell that he's had, some significant pro experience just because he handles himself like a pro. Well, Chris, uh, I'm going to let you go, but before I do, since you are, you know, draft expert and all, I, I think this is a fair question to kind of spring on to you, but overall, what, you know, like I, I said earlier, the least prospect pool often gets left out when talking about, you know, amongst the top prospect pools in, in, uh, in the league. And I mean, it's it, to an extent that's fair. They don't have any like, you know, deafening prospects who are just busting at the seams waiting to 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 come in and, and contribute at a very high level but I think that they've got a lot of of decent quality NHLers what's your thoughts on the least prospect pool in general yeah I think it's considering the lack of first rounders and and other things that you know they, lack they've of draft had. I think it's <laughs> just yeah, lack of draft in general <laughs> yeah exactly like lack of draft picks in general I think they've done pretty well. I mean, I look at guys like like Nick Robertson as a as getting a first round pick in the second round. You know, Matthew Nice could be that too. He was a guy that I had coming into the year as a first round guy. You know, kind of got scared off a little bit by the inconsistency, 
but then you see, but you could see all the skills that he has and the, and the, 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 the way that he plays. I mean, you know, there's, there's Amirov as well. And I mean, that, that kid's going to be, a, I, I, I'm so excited to watch him play. Um, you know, I give him time, let him do, you know, get his time in, in Russia and, and come on over and, and be, and be ready to go. Um, but I mean, the skill level that he has is pretty impressive. You know, is it a top, it's not a top system by any means, but it's a system that has players that, that are going to come in and help the Leafs eventually. And they certainly have, you know, bet big on, on skill. Obviously this year we saw them draft more big players, but then you, they didn't, they didn't, didn't run away from skill because Matthew Nice has a lot of skill for a big guy. Um, you know, he made some, made some defenders miss and has some one-on-one abilities. So, you know, that's, that's, that's big, but you know, you, you want to have guys that, that, that have that skill, that have the work ethic that are hard to play against. And, and I think they can be that. So, you know, it's all about development at this point now, getting them ready um, because there are a lot of guys there that, that had longer NHL timelines and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, guys that, that are going to need some more time in either the AHL or, you know, their respective leagues, you know, that's, that's okay. Especially when you're a team that feels like you can contend. The issue is, is, you know, will they be ready in time to maximize the value of their entry-level contracts when you do have a cap crunch a cap crunch NHL roster? So um, I'll be, I'll be interested to see kind of who pops and who's able to, to, to kind of take a, take a roster spot. But I think in general, it, it's far from barren in the Leafs prospect system. Like I think that there are so many guys that, that, that will can and will make an impact down the road. Um, and I'm a huge Nick Robertson fan. I, I really, you know, he's a guy that I, I think has the best is yet to come. I think last year was a strange year for everybody, um, especially for the guys that kind of played primarily in the American league. So, you know, there's not a lot there to kind of go off of at this point. So, I, I think that he's a guy that can still make a lot of noise and, and be a very strong prospect in the process. So um, I like what they have and, and I like where, where it can go next, as long as they have draft picks to work with. <laughs> and coming up into this draft, I think they have three picks again <laughs> in this upcoming right. draft, but one of them is uh, a first rounder. So they do still have their first round pick for now. We still got, uh, we still got a whole season to go with, with the, you know, some possible trades to happen. So, and let's face it, Kyle Dubas is not shy about trading away his first round pick as we've seen happen in what three of the last four drafts. So yeah, I, I think there's a good bet that that pick could probably end up elsewhere by the time the draft rolls around, which hopefully will be next June as we get back to a regularly scheduled NHL season and junior season. Um, but Chris, uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. That was awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always fun to do it. So yeah, anytime. I was Chris Peters, NHL draft and prospect analyst for Hockey Sense on Substack. Uh, anything that you're working on over there? Oh boy, plenty. Yeah, I got you got <laughs> a lot of stuff coming for the 2022 draft system rankings. Um, still kind of wrapping up the World Junior Summer Showcase stuff that came out of that. We got Holinka Gretzky Cup going on right now, so um, a lot is happening already. There is no off season when you cover prospects, so. Uh, yeah, it, there's, there, there'll be plenty there. So sign up today. <laughs> All right. Hockey nuts. You, you heard it. Go sign up at uh, hockey sense on Substack. You can follow him on Twitter as well at Chris and Peters. Chris, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, my pleasure, Mike. Thanks for having me. 
All right, that will do it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview and kind of enjoyed a little bit of an insight on some of the Maple Leafs prospects. And like I said, the prospect pool ain't barren. It's not barren. You know, the Leafs have done a decent job drafting and finding some nice uh, some nice little gems in the in the second round and on day two. So uh, nice to hear, uh, you know, from an outsider perspective who has no allegiance to Toronto whatsoever. Also, uh, you know, come out and say that the, the Leafs drafting, though they haven't had a lot of picks, they've hit, well, I, they might hit on a lot of players. There's a lot of guys, uh, you know, in the system that, that a lot of people like at the very least. But time will tell if they turn into uh, if they can turn into legitimate NHLers. But that's gonna do it for us here today on the podcast. Like I said, uh, I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.